Welcome to the Motorhome Matt podcast. Caravans, campervans, motorhomes and more. It's the place to get hints, tips and impartial advice from the expert himself, Matt Sims. Brought to you by ThatLeisureShop.com. Join us on the journey with Motorhome Matt. Welcome back to the Motorhome Matt podcast. I'm Keith Gooden. And I'm Motorhome Matt. And this whole shebang, the whole thing, the podcast in its entirety is brought to you thanks to our friends at (laughs) ThatLeisureShop.com. How are you doing anyway? I'm doing fine. And how are you? Yeah, feeling very recharged. I'm feeling (laughs) full of juice as well. It's full of something. Yeah, today we're talking about lithium batteries. What are they and why do you need one? Yeah, it's the big question, isn't it? Is it just a case of keeping up with the Joneses? Is it something you need to have? Do you have to have one? I feel electricity in the air. We're going to dive straight in. No news, no nothing. This Let's is a power big, on. A big subject. <laughs> so firstly, Matt, what is a lithium battery? Well, is it lithium iron or is it lithium iron? Is it ion or iron? <laughs> Iron or iron? So a lithium iron Iron. battery. Iron. (laughs) (laughs) Proper. That's a pirate battery. So a lithium iron battery is actually a type of lithium ion battery. So in a mobile phone, you always tell me off for saying my iPhone. There are other types of mobile phones. There are many other mobile phones. They contain a lithium ion battery. Whereas a larger battery, like we use in a motorhome or caravan that we're going to talk about today, is a lithium iron battery. Battery. You mean iron? Iron. Lithium ferrophosphate. Really? L- they're called LFP batteries, and oh, that's right. why they're called that. The chemical uh, name for that, you know, is uh, LIFEPO4. <laughs> L-I-F-E-P-O4. I knew that. <laughs> it's not written down here. That's, the effi- that's what it says here. Lithium ferrophosphate. There we are. Yeah. Now we've told people that. Why should they care? Why should, well, they've become certainly very commonplace in motems and caravans where you have inverters that mean you can use mains-powered appliances when you're on the move. So what's an inverter again? So that converts the 12 volt of the battery up to 240 volt or 110 volt if you're in the US uh, or somewhere else where 110 volts is the norm. And it basically steps up the voltage so you can use that laptop power supply or hairdryer. I've seen you're a keen user of a hairdryer. (laughs) Yes, I blew it right (laughs) off. Um, I use it. I'm going to mention it again. My solar panels at home. Oh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> I've got an inverter in the garage, and it inverts the 4,000 watts that I generate on a sunny day yeah. to 240 volts AC that the, the house can use. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. And that's what an inverter will do. It converts power from one state to another, from one level to another. DC to AC. It will do that as well, which mm. is exactly what the inverter is designed to do, yeah. Now, of course, if you put an inverter on a lead-acid battery, which is known as a wet battery, so we've had those in caravans, motorhomes for years, so a normal wet lead-acid in a caravan. So, or So that's like the battery in your car? It is. That's a different type of battery. That's a starter battery. So a starter battery is designed to uh, a huge amount of charge in a very short space of time to start the engine. A leisure battery is designed for a gradual drain over time. Uh, so it's a different type of battery. And there are various types. General wet lead acid, EFB and AGM. We talk about those in another episode. We'll come to that in another episode. But the big difference with a lithium-ion, totally different technology. They weigh a lot less than a lead acid battery. They're a lot more expensive they don't require any maintenance and they have a much longer lifespan. So a lithium-ion battery will probably outlive the time you own the motor. So it probably lasts you 20 years plus. It will have a much greater level of recharge and cycle rate. So it will go flat 
20,000 times and you can recharge it before it's a problem. With a traditional lead acid battery, you let it go flat below 12 volts and your battery's had it and you're probably going to have to replace it. So sometimes they only last, well, months sometimes, but usually a battery has a warranty of about two years because that's a typical lifespan of a lead acid battery. So lithium-ion batteries, they last longer, they've got more recharge cycles on them, and they're newer technology. I'm going to mention my solar panels at home uh, one more time. I have two lithium-ion batteries, which stores electricity that we don't use during the day, yep. and then discharges it for use uh, in the evening when the sun has gone down. They're guaranteed for 10 years. As you say, yep. with standard batteries, lead-acid batteries, they run out of puff after a very, very short amount of yeah. time. And the they? big difference is that the uh, drain curve is a very different shape. So on a lead acid battery, it's kind of a diagonal shape down and it will go down from 12.7 volts, which is fully charged, down to 12 volts and then below. And really, once it gets below 12 volts, it's flat. Okay, 12 volts is it. And if it gets below 8 volts, it's going to be very hard to bring back. A lithium-ion battery drain curve is pretty flat and very constant and then suddenly will drop. And that's the difference. And you can run a lithium down to 6 volts and it will recover very easily. The other big difference is the recharge rate. So you can recharge a lithium-ion battery very quickly at a very high rate, uh, whereas a lead-acid, it's a much slower recharge very much 21st century uh, technology but why the hell do i need one well that's the question so people think well i need to get one it's the latest technology do you really there are a number of downsides to lithium i've mentioned the costs and they're a big investment the batteries themselves are about 700 pounds it used to be the case and it's changing now in the last few weeks there's been some advances in the technology where you the batteries just wouldn't recharge at very low temperatures so we've had you know we've had snow as we've been recording this recently at zero degrees the batteries just won't recharge uh, that's changing technology is improving and you have to have the correct charging system as well so can you just swap one out for your lead acid for a lithium? Possibly, but you need to make sure that the charging system is correct. Now, the way lithium-ion works is that a battery, a 12-volt battery, is actually made up of four cells, and each of them are 3.2 volts. So this is the case for your solar system at home. You join four of them together in series, so they're added together, and you end up with a 12.8-volt output. That's how a lithium-ion battery works. The recharge voltage must be between four... 14 volts and 14.6 if it's any different you could damage the battery and you could easily overcharge it uh, and you could damage the system that's utilizing it as well uh, electric cars most of them are using lithium-ion technology uh, because of the weight uh, and because their reliability although that said we had a car crash outside of work recently and it was an electric bmw and it was just incredible what the fire brigade had to go through because of risk of the battery overheating this car had been clipped on the back end there was no damage to the car at all really but because it was all electric the protocol the fire brigade had to go through we talked about this before didn't we was just incredible lithium can react very violently with moisture water or steam uh, and it can produce heat and it's flammable and it produces a very explosive hydrogen gas and a toxic lithium hydroxide. So what about China? Let's face it, they have been pushing and pulling on the international stage, and that's where all the lithium comes from, isn't it? Well, a lot of lithium does come from China, and they are way ahead in terms of the production of it. But did you know with the most reserves of lithium in the world, is Chile? No, I didn't know that. There we are, you see. They've got 8 million tonnes. China has about 1 million. 
Mm. Yeah, and, it, and in fact, after Chile is Australia with 2.7 million tonnes. And then Argentina with 2 million tonnes. So China are not the most affluent with lithium at all. No, that's not easy to say, is it? <laughs> and, yeah, but they're the ones getting out the ground, aren't they? They are, and that's the point. They've got ahead quickly with it. Whereas the other countries have not really had to, but they are starting to. So I think we'll see a shift of where lithium is coming from. And there is a sense of nervousness, isn't there, from many, well, it all comes from China. Do you really want to give more control to China? I don't think we will. But the thing is, whenever you're mining these raw materials out of uh, uh, the earth, a lot of people do care now about the environment and about uh, the way we treat the earth, don't they? Uh, And mining is never pretty, so... And it's not harmless to the environment at all, that's fair. It's way less harmful than mining fossil fuel, certainly. It does pollute water. Uh, because when you're mining, you need to use a lot of water. And so that's a side effect of this. And any mining, as you say, is going to impact the environment uh, as we do consuming any type of power. So given all that, taking all that into consideration, why do I need one? Well, your neighbours have got one. (laughs) Is that a good enough (laughs) reason? The Joneses have got one up the road in their motor. I'm sure that's a reason to have one. The reason people have them is I think there is an element of, well, I must have it. It's the latest thing. If you're using a laptop on your travels that's a really good reason to have them i love coffee uh, and that's a great reason to have one it means you can power your coffee machine and you can power all of your 240 volt appliances off the battery really easily so that's a great reason to have one but actually we visited our friends at bristol caravans and i spoke to oakley and they've won best workshop in the uk under the ncc approved workshop scheme and i gave oakley a real world example I'm going to a campsite. I yes. arrive with the kids. Yes. We ho- we've driven for an hour. Yes. We hook up and we stay on the campsite for 24 hours. We unplug. We go for a drive. We go and go home. And I can hook up on the drive at home. And I can recharge the van at home. Why do I need a lithium-ion battery? You don't. Let's forget this. Let's go and talk about something else. Oh, no, no, seriously, you'd, why would so you? Is it the case that I don't need one because I'm constantly recharging it with the engine and the hookup and I'm not spending any great amount of time off-grid? If you're hooked up, I would question why you would be going down this route. Because so you, you, What if I go away then? I'm away on my campsite, but there is no hookup. I'm there for a couple of days. You're off-grid I'm, then? You're I'm off-grid. Grid. But I'm not a digital nomad. I'm left the laptop at home. I'm not allowed to take it away on holiday. She'll tell me off. But I've got the lights on. I'm running the water pump. I've got the heating on in my caravan. Okay. Do I need a lithium-ion battery? Um, Hesitation. Um, (laughs) It would really depend on how much electricity you're using while you're away and what you're using. If you're going to be using a hairdryer and things of that nature, so, again, they're not the heavy-use laptop, but they're everyday items then in that case you will probably be wanting to fit uh, an inverter and if you're fitting the inverter an inverter is really well aligned to a lithium battery because you're going to get that supply of power all the way through that lithium battery can give you a very high amps output that will feed that inverter and therefore you're going to get all of the facilities you want when you're off grid so the answer then is if i want to be able to use appliances while i'm off grid Yes. So I go to a campsite and there are no hookups left, but I want to use the hairdryer. I want to watch the TV. I want to use those three pin plugs. I can use an inverter on a lithium iron. If I do that on an AGM or EFB, a traditional leisure battery, that's going to 
drain it and flatten it pretty quickly, isn't it? it? Is. So this is where lithium iron comes into its own. Is that right? It is. I, that's a good summary. Yes. Yeah. Brilliant. Right. So we think that's an option for us. What do I need to consider then? So I've got a four-year-old Adria Twin is our motorhome, and uh, it's a van conversion for those that don't know. And is can I just take the battery out and put a new one in? Put my lithium ion in? Spend seven hundred and sixty quid with you and bosh it straight in the hole. Adria Twin, it's it's going to be a challenge because you're now talking about space and where you're going to put it. We'd have to see if there's enough space under the driver's seat on a twin to to fit that lithium battery. If there is, then potentially yes. But I say potentially because you really need to understand or do some research what's in the vehicle and will it work with the lithium. So is the 230 volt mains charger that has been fitted by, in this case, Adria, has it got a function to work with lithium? And that would be the same process of thought on whatever the brand is. You need to get the manual out, read the manual is there lithium functionality within the vehicle if there is great then it could be as simple as fitting a battery but if there's not then i think you'd you'd need to work through what the system is that you want to produce yeah so for the layman watching this or listening to this you you, what we're saying is you need to get the manual for your control unit the charger unit that's been installed by the leisure vehicle manufacturer this is the important bit isn't it Mm. either go and dig it out of that bag that you never look in that came with the vehicle or go online and find it and do your research and find the tech spec of that charger and then though even then give it to the expert installer to make the, the real decision as to whether it's compatible can you do damage to a charger if you don't do this and just fit a lithium iron and plug it in and yes, see what happens. You can damage the system. The system could be damaged. Which component, I can't say because there's so many different systems. You could damage the lithium battery. You could damage the control system. Yes, there could be damage. That's Oakley from Bristol Caravans. You, you talked to him just a little while back about this whole battery thing. I'm, I'm getting a bit confused by it all, but we can straighten it out a little bit later on, Matt. Don't worry, because, you know, I want me lithium-ion battery. You do? Well, because my neighbour's got one. Uh, <laughs> tell me, what is a BMS? It's a battery management system. So a lithium-ion battery looks very different to the normal lead-acid leisure battery that you've seen in a motorhome or caravan. It's got lights on the top. It's actually got Bluetooth transmitter on it. So you can send the information of what's going on in that battery to your phone and download an app and monitor what's going on in that battery. You can turn the battery on and off. The connections on the top are very different as well. So they are an entirely different technology to the lead-acid type that we're, we're used to seeing. So what does this technology cost me? What does a lithium-ion battery cost well as you heard there so seven eight hundred pounds for the battery and no doubt prices will come down i'm sure they will versus the hundred to two hundred pounds of a, of a normal leisure battery but i asked oakley about the other costs associated with installation i turn up to you and i want a solar panel a solar controller that's lithium-ion compatible a lithium-ion battery i need a, a new charger because my caravan's not compatible i need a b2b charger so i can charge it when i'm driving i want an inverter so i can run my computer what is is this all going to cost typically what kind of budget do people need to consider i know there are so many variables but you know you've already said the batteries themselves are 700 pounds plus what about everything else today february 2023 we're probably in the region of six and a half thousand pounds ish 
uh, and that's a variable but uh, that will give you a feel for budget if you need everything you might not need everything you might not need uh, all of the items but um, yeah they, that's a ballpark figure so i've got a flat lead acid battery six and a half grand to go lithium iron or 150 quid for a new lead acid battery it's a big difference isn't it it's huge the question is what do you want to do with your vehicle what's your plan using your vehicle going forward how long are you going to keep your vehicle you know? and what if i'm only keeping it for a year because that new one is delayed again so i've bought a second hand one i want to yeah. put this in it can i take it out absolutely so our approach is we fit aftermarket items these are after the manufacturer has built the vehicle but we fit them in a way that you can then take them out again and then put it back to as uh, as spec by the vehicle manufacturer right so it all transferable to my new absolutely. vehicle yeah absolutely and do you think we're going to see manufacturers fitting lithium-ion systems like this in the factory from new i don't know i th some of the manufacturers are already fitting battery chargers that are compatible with yeah. lithium ion so they're sort of halfway there the spec that i'm seeing is quite a low spec so uh, this mains charger could be 20 amps could be 80 amps the difference in price is 260 to a thousand pounds it will depend on if the customer is willing to pay for that level of upgrade at that purchase point or if it's an option or if the dealer has got the skill in-house to to do that for them i think part of the problem is the customer and the consumer's understanding yes. of what this technology is and why you need it and yeah. when you don't need it as we say Just 90 percent of people it. don't need it no, do they no as the things we've said earlier if you don't need it why why spend your money on this you could you could have something else that might be more fun for your vehicle and you could have adventures in a different way yeah, quite. Now, you've kindly brought a vehicle back into the workshop, which you've been busy working on, yes. and you've installed a whole system like this, yeah. and you've said we can go and have a look at it. Can we, can we do that? Yeah, please do. Come on Let's in. Let's do it. So that's Oakley at Bristol Caravans uh, again. So, Matt, what are the main takeaways from this? The interesting bit is you start to become very aware of what power you're using. Uh, you know, we happily just plug in, don't we, to the mains in a motor caravan. We hook up and we've got electric. We don't give it any thought at all. But when you're running off a battery, you can monitor with a lithium-ion system certainly how long you've got left. And I think it starts to focus the mind on how much power we're consuming and how much power we've got left, which has to be a good thing, surely. Yeah, and also with the new lithium-ion technology, it frees you a little bit, doesn't it? Uh, it does, you yeah. are much more independent when it comes to power. You, we use the phrase digital nomad. So you know, increasingly people want to be mobile, working in a van, in a remote location, not hooked up to the grid. Uh, and you can be off-grid on a lithium-ion battery. That does give you a sense of freedom. The other thing is the focus on solar. Now, you're you know, passionate about your solar panels, Solar is undoubtedly, I think, part of the future of this in terms of recharging the batteries and keeping them topped up. Solar is going to be a very important factor because, after all, a wind turbine on your roof would look daft, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so what's the future? Uh, I think solar is going to play a big part in partnership with lithium-ion. The price is undoubtedly going to come down, and Oakley had this to add as well. We're on a journey. This is where we are at the moment, but I agree. I think long term we're going to be seeing more solar, however that looks, and then that will be recharging your batteries so you can live off-grid. So there we are, really. I mean, the question is, do you need one? 
I think that's a really important question to start with. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Because it's the, the old thing between pr- practicality and desire. Do you mm. need one or do you want one? <laughs> well, that's it. Yeah. It's the keeping up with the Joneses, isn't it? And and there are some really sensible questions to ask of how are you going to use this vehicle? There is a case to say it's incredibly you know, it's a high investment, I was going to say expensive. It's a big investment to shell out to install a lithium-ion system with a solar panel and a shunt and a monitor and all the kit and caboodle that goes with it. It's a big consideration. But, of course, you can take it off and take it with you, and it's going to last 20 years uh, until the technology obviously moves up again. It's a big consideration. If you think, I'm going to do this for a long time and I want to be off-grid, I want to use my laptop because laptops consume such a lot of power and I want to use the hairdryer, the coffee machine or whatever the gadget is, then it might be something that you could consider investing in. And if you do keep it in the motorhome, is it going to get you a return when you resell? Uh, I think it will do, yeah. It'll never, You'll never get your money back, I wouldn't have thought. Accessories like this make the motorhome or caravan more desirable to the next one but I think most people will just deinstall it and take it off and put it on the next one I think if you've committed into using it because that's the lifestyle you have you'll want to take it with you rather than buy new so there you are we uh, hope that we have enlightened you somewhat about lithium iron batteries you heard the costs there you've just got to decide uh, whether y- your way of motorhoming or caravanning uh, is the way to go you know when you're using the batteries are you going to stick yeah. with the old technology or go with the new technology yeah, what right. do you want to do independence is the big one but cost well it did seem rather pricey it is but Go and check out the YouTube channel where you can see the whole episode with Oakley. And we actually look at an installation and his demo unit in their uh, reception area, which does explain it very visually. Uh, And it's fascinating to see how they've installed it. A huge amount of work goes into installing this. uh, And it's definitely worth going checking that out if you want to deep dive on this a bit more. Do you own a motorhome, caravan, campervan or tent? Head to thatleisureshop.com for all your outdoor living essentials. Outdoor furniture, leisure vehicle spares, accessories and more. Visit us in-store or shop online. Thatleisureshop.com. Quote the discount code at the checkout, Motorhome Matt, for £10 off when you spend just £100. Thatleisureshop.com. Proud to bring you the Motorhome Matt podcast. Ready for the adventure. Okay, then let's get into our audience Q&A. I love this bit where we get to talk to you. Julie Needham got in touch. Hello, Matt. We were at the NEC yesterday. I was just about to buy a Warwick Duo, but we discovered that it has LED tanks that are underneath. We did a little bit of investigating because we don't know anything about this to discover that there might be a problem with filling these tanks in the future. I just wanted to know what your view was. So this brand new motorhome has got LPG tanks installed instead of refillable gas bottles like Calibottles. bottles. That's what's happened. And this is quite common on this particular range of camper van or van conversion. Julie's right to have a concern about the refill points because auto gas points are slowly disappearing in the UK. Uh, fuel stations are no longer really using them the days of converting a big v8 petrol car to gas have gone haven't they people aren't running their cars on gas like they used to so they are decreasing in number that's true however 
a number of motorhome businesses are responding to this and are installing gas refill points. I would suggest a good idea would be to download the app mylpg.eu. That's the website to go to to get it. Uh, it's on the App Store as well uh, and on Google Play. And install that on your phone or go on your computer and you'll find all the dispensing points close to you across Europe. I checked it recently and there are a number close to here and they're all on there. As they open or close, this is updated. So it's a really handy resource to find where you can refill and perhaps do that before you made the purchase. Uninstalling that and changing it is going to be very, very difficult because there's no, probably no provision on the van for a removable gas bottle like you would normally see to get a Cala bottle, for example. Okay, Julie, well, thanks for that. Hope Matt helped you with that one. Jay's in Bournemouth and says, Hello, we rented a motorhome last year. Sleep six. We wild parked overnight and the next day we opened the internal windscreen blinds, expecting to have a stunning view of Luskentire Beach. But instead, just heavy condensation. Mm-hmm. How can this be avoided, please? I mean, it is six people in a very small space. Well, that's part of the problem. So it's incredible how much water we generate when we breathe. Was it 20 litres? In an hour or something it's, it's incredible uh, and that is part of the issue you had so ventilation is going to help depending on the time of year that may or may not be possible the silver screens that go on the inside and the outside of the motorhome home are also really going to help i'm guessing the window they refer to as the windscreen which is the coldest part of any motorhome so you've got all this warmth and moisture inside hitting the cold surface of the windscreen it generates condensation and so that's why Are there any little vents that can be opened or closed? Opening the vents in the cab will help. Opening a roof light, opening a side window, just crack it open and and lock it closed so it can't be opened. Literally half a centimetre down. Yeah, just crack them open onto the vent position and will just allow the, the vehicle to breathe. In winter, having the heating on as well generates even more condensation. So it's a really common problem and you end up spending, you know, the first 10 minutes of any morning wiping the windscreen down with a towel or using one of those weaves, one of those little Karcher sucker things, like a window cleaner. Mm-hmm. That sucks the water off the windscreen. Well, the manufacturer is also making <laughs> Well, I use a Karcher yeah, one. Yeah. I, I haven't seen any other manufacturers. Yeah, I'm sure they, they do they, exist. They do. They yeah. absolutely do exist. And not to mention the amount of carbon dioxide you're rebreathing with six people in that small area. Well, that's it. So, yeah, ventilating it is really key. The silver screens help insulate the windscreen and keep it away from the cold, as it were, and that does really does help minimise the condensation on the windscreen. Fantastic. Now, this episode has been quite technical with a lot of information, and uh, we can't put everything in the audio podcast. But So what we've done for you is that interview uh, with Oakley from Bristol Caravans is on YouTube, and you can see the whole thing. And as Matt said earlier, uh, he, he takes a tour around an installation. So if you're weighing up whether you do or you don't want lithium iron uh, in your motorhome or caravan, give that a view. So big news, you're having an open day, aren't you, Matt? We are on Saturday, the 25th of March. We've got a whole range of motorhomes that you can hire on display. They'll all be laid out for you to come and explore. So if you've never done a motorhome holiday before, it's a brilliant way of discovering this pastime. If you're thinking of trying before you buy, it's a great way of doing that. Come and have a look at different layouts. Come and talk to the team. Find out what's included. What do you need to pack? We get lots and lots of questions from people who've never done a motorhome holiday before and from people who've been on one but want to do it again. So come on down. It's completely free. It's a brilliant, brilliant way to spend a Saturday. 
And so that Saturday date again is? Saturday, 25th of March. We're open at 10 and we'll be here till 4. And what should people stab into their sat-nav? <laughs> Easy. Mode Home Holiday Company, BS 246RT. We're just off junction 21 of the M5 for Western Supermare. You can go to the website motohomemat.co.uk and if you've got a question, you can ask it. Just go forward slash ask Matt, record your question with the orange button or fill out the form. If you do record it, Tell us where you are in the country. We love to hear your voice and we love to know where you are, don't we? We do indeed. And if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, if you can, leave us a five-star review. It really helps spread the word of the podcast and it makes Keith feel all warm and fuzzy. Thanks for listening to the Motorhome Matt podcast. Remember to check back here for more episodes full of hints and tips and helpful advice. We'll see you soon for another Motorhome Matt podcast brought to you with thatleisureshop.com. Thank you.